0: Welcome to the Deep Dive Spirituality Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Brian Russell, and I want to say happy 2023. Uh, this is the second podcast episode I'm publishing this year, and it's I'm going to do my annual review of key learnings and lessons that I take from reflecting on what happened back in 2022. So this is kind this is my review and I love doing this because one of my principles that I live by is ongoing growth. Those of you who listen to this or know me know that I really appreciate the wisdom of strategic coach Dan Sullivan and a few years ago I heard him say, Winning isn't always learning, but learning is always winning. And he stresses the idea that our learning always needs to be bigger than even our own achievements and things that we do. And so this is a real joy to share some of the lessons that I've gained this year. And just to state the obvious, these are this is kind of the highlight of lessons. Uh, obviously, I probably made errors in 2022 as well, and I will be reflecting and trying to integrate some of those things uh, into my life as I figure my way out through some of the challenges that were essentially self-inflicted uh, last year. But this is about the lessons that have truly impacted me, and I feel strongly enough about these that I can share them uh, with you. And the first lesson, and I'll use this as kind of the frame, um, I had the privilege of, and I and actually I'm presently still in this, I'm in a, an, a, a course to help me improve my coaching that's about transformational recovery. I wanted to learn more about what it takes and how a coach can help persons break out of addictive uh, behaviors, whether that's uh, some sort of substance abuse or or patterns. One of my long ongoing struggles in my adult life that comes out of even some of my wounding, and this isn't about excuses, it's just reality, is that I've had a tendency Towards workaholism for a long, long time, many years. It's a level that was modeled for me, but it's also been my response to stress and even a way for me if you want to if I want to be super vulnerable, is I needed to prove myself to get the love of other people. Now I've been slowly unpacking that. And I wanted to be able to be a little more helpful to anybody struggling with any type of addiction, whether it's workaholism, some behavior that they need to break, or actually a physical addiction to some substance. And this class has been eye-opening because I was never aware of just the web that's involved in Um, addictions and even taking this class as I've been breaking out of my habits of overwork and working to burn out and then having to recover from that uh, I noticed even adjustments that I could make in my own life now the cool thing about what I've learned is in a sense the cure if you will the transformation out of addiction isn't just about breaking the addiction. And this is something that I had never actually thought about. So I'm gonna call this a key learning. So the goal of recovery isn't sobriety, whether that means for me not working so much, for another person not drinking, uh, for another person not overeating, whatever the addiction, that, that isn't the goal. The goal of recovery is transformation. And the means of living into that transformation, I think as as Christians, we would talk about this as the ongoing sanctification, but the means of that is creating a container in our lives that allows us to live out our intentions, right? Because no one who struggles with anything wakes up in the morning and says, yeah, I want to continue in these patterns that actually harm me, harm the people around me. So how do you do that? It's by creating a set of patterns and habits. In other words, it's spiritual formation. Because one of my big takeaways that I learned this year is that addiction actually isn't the problem. You know, drinking too much isn't the problem. Working too much isn't the problem. Um, Again, whatever the addiction is, using social media too much, uh, struggling with pornography, overeating, Drugs, those aren't the problem. They're the solution. But the problem is they're a bad solution to a deeper, more challenging problem, which I would call our soul wounds. And so the process of transformational recovery is becoming that person that God created us to be. And the issue then becomes, if that's our intention to grow, we have to create a container for that. And now let me contrast this and go to a really powerful illustration that I heard uh, in, a, 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 I can't remember exact setting, uh, and the teacher's name was, was John. And John had this really cool illustration. He talked about Uh, the ups and downs of transformation and that a lot of people are looking for the panacea, the magic pill, the silver bullet, the elevator that will blast you right up to the top of the mountain. Well, the problem with that approach, and many of us actually chase after God experiences. The problem with that kind of approach is that the elevator can come crashing down just as fast as it can go up. So instead of an elevator approach to transformation, in other words, the elevator approach is really magical thinking. If I just read this book, if I have this spiritual experience, if I go to this workshop, if I go to this conference, that high, we chase after that, that's the elevator, then you just come crashing back down. Instead, we want to think of living our lives as the process of integrating mountaintop experiences, which do come from time to time, or insights into our daily lives. And so the illustration, instead of being on an elevator that just goes up and down, is what we want to slowly do through establishing a good rule of life, or rhythm of life, or a set of spiritual habits, is we're creating a staircase. And you can think of it as a spiraling staircase that's going up the mountain. So what happens with a staircase? Well, you can still go down, but like, let's say you have a slip-up. You're not falling like in an elevator. If an elevator crashes, you're going from the top floor to the bottom floor. If you slip and start sliding down stairs, worst case, you fall down a few flights, but then guess what? It's still there. You get back up and you start the climb. So my first lesson is thinking about our spiritual life and our growth and not looking necessarily for elevator experiences, but lay out in our spiritual day-to-day rituals, routines, life liturgies, rule of life. Again, if you just go to my YouTube channel and look up rule of life, you can find some resources and other videos, and I'll I'll try to put a link to to these down in the, the show notes today. Build a staircase that allows you to climb consistently and can absorb some stumbles back, and you can still keep going forward. So integration, when you learn something, instead of reading a whole book and blasting through it, take one good idea out of that book and figure out how do I integrate this into my life? When you have a powerful experience with God, don't just go chasing after the next high, but say, okay, how can I take that insight? How can I take what happened to me? How can I take that Way that I'm sensing God is calling me to relate to other people differently. And what's a practice that I can begin to show up and use in my daily life? So that's, rule, that's insight one. We're doing some of this addictions work. And those are some of the insights that have come off out of that. The second thing I want to talk about is the connections and partnerships that I've made. And these aren't all just from 2022, but I've just thought about how these have worked out in terms of an abundance mindset over against the scarcity mindset. And I'm, I'm just gonna call out a, a few people. And again, friends, uh, there's so many people in my life that I always hesitate to, to, say, to say anybody's name because I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings because uh, again, Um, I'm so grateful for many of you you who are listening to this. I'm grateful for the folks that I have the privilege of serving in the classroom, in my seminary classroom. I'm grateful for uh, the pastors and spiritual leaders and entrepreneurs that I have the privilege of coaching. And I'm going to say more about my coaching uh, relationships in a couple of minutes here. But I want to just name a couple of people that really showed me what abundance means. And... Uh, first shout-out goes to a friend in Northern Ireland, Mark Dunwoody. Mark's also a coach, and we have we got to know each other through a mutual friends. And Mark was kind enough to endorse my book. Uh, we've had each other on each other's podcasts. And we started a collaboration together uh, last year that we called The Watering Hole, uh, which essentially is just pulling together persons— who are interested in coaching. And there's, uh, it's been a free gathering uh, so far where we just come and Mark and I share our favorite tools with the group and then we just practice. And in Mark, I've just found a a colleague who thinks big. And what you're gonna see the thread through all these things is, you know, we're both coaches, we're both authors, uh, but guess what? We know that there's seven billion people on the planet, and so us helping each other uh, doesn't take away from our own you know, businesses, if you will. It, it doesn't, we, I don't lose audience members of people. Listen to Mark, he doesn't lose. And even if I did lose somebody, I'm grateful that they go and listen to Mark, right? That's an abundance partnership. Also in a name in the same vein, uh, Rich Lewis. I had Rich on my podcast in 2021. Rich has a book on centering prayer. So in a sense, Rich is a direct competitor with me since my last book that I wrote was on centering prayer. Uh, but we be, we became instant friends and we've been hosting for well over a year now a monthly centering prayer gathering. Again, completely free. And by the way, if anyone's interested in attending that, if you're listening to this in January, the next one's gonna be on saturday january uh, the 14th which is coming up but if you're interested in being invited for future uh, centering prayer gatherings we usually do them it's usually the third saturday of the month with exceptions like this month go to centeringprayerbook.com sign up there and you'll get the invite to the next centering prayer gathering We've, we've been great to have you but again, Rich and I, we've shared audience, we've helped each other. And again, that's an abundance partnership. We're in the same space, but we know that there's way more people that we can bless and serve than, uh, than any one of us could do on our own. Literally, there's, there's more, there's, we could have hundreds of people doing centering prayer books, and there still would be an abundance of people to bless and serve. In the last, I've had a lot of fun this year. This is another abundance uh, partnership. Uh, and this is a group that focuses on perennial wisdom, uh, classical learning. Uh, that I first met Joshua Bertolotti out of my love for Stoicism. He has the Perennial uh, Leadership podcast, uh, and he teaches perennial wisdom. Uh, I'll put links to Josh Josh's material. Uh, in the show notes and josh invited me on his podcast he's been on mine we've done multiple podcast episodes together and he introduced me to some of his friends in a group that loves classical learning it's called the walled garden invite you to check that out it'll be in the show notes as well and so in 2022 i not only have been on joshua berlotti's podcast i was also invited to be on Brandon Tumlin's the strong stoic podcast. He's then been also on my podcast and then Their mutual friend Simon drew invited me to come and uh, do a presentation on centering prayer for the Wald garden group That's what I'm talking about abundance. So the lesson is You know, you're not we're not in competition with people find like-minded people that share your values help them and then the beautiful thing about is when you serve and help enough other people, it you're not going to be surprised that you get help towards your goals as well. And this is really an old lesson. Zig Ziglar, again, he's he passed away a number of years ago, but he was a, a Christian uh, trainer, a motivational speaker. He was an expert on sales. Uh, and Zig has a saying that, I heard probably 20 or maybe even 30 years ago now, but it's always stuck with me. It's you can have anything you want out of life if you help another enough other people get what they want out of life. And I that's what I that's what I'm talking about with abundance relationships. There's always enough. So who can you bless and serve today? Who, what kind of partnerships can you establish where it's not about just take so we've all been in those somebody approaches you like they want to be your partner but really all they want is your stuff and they're not going to help you back in return so look for abundance people and to me that's a, uh, a a reflection of what when we look in the New Testament what the body of Christ is supposed to be read a lot of good books in 2022 gonna just name a couple here. I'm gonna do a whole separate podcast on my favorite books, but when I just think about what's been the most impactful for me over the last year, um, I reread The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I love that book. I first read it in 2012, probably read it three, four, five times, and Hendricks is excellent at helping you discover What he calls your upper limit problems, but what are those limiting beliefs, those negative thoughts that roll through our head that we sort of have in our bodies that essentially set up a ceiling that you can't break through? Love that book, The Big Leap. An author that I knew previously, Gerald May. Gerald May was a medical doctor, a psychiatrist with a strong interest in contemplative spirituality. I was introduced by one of my colleagues, Javier Sierra, to his book Addiction and Grace a number of years ago. But this year I had the privilege of reading um, and doing a deep dive. And I think what's probably his longest book, it's called Will and Spirit, a contemplative psychology. Again, I'll say more about all of these books on another podcast, but Will and Spirit gave me language about how to describe those mountaintop experiences. He calls them unitive experiences, and then how to integrate them back into life. He also talks a lot about how we need to be willing, just be open-handed and surrender to God over against doing growth out of willfulness. I'm gonna do it no matter what. But essentially to let go and open ourselves up to what God is uh, doing. Uh, That's a couple of books. I'll run through a whole longer list in another episode. But again, I kept reading, and you wanna continue to read. There's those sayings that uh, leaders are readers, and you wanna continually learn. So what are you listening to? What are you reading that's helping you grow in your life another lesson is as i've continued to integrate and if you go if you go back and listen to my 2021 review i had really powerful healing experience in december 2021 and so i worked super hard at integrating that and one of the practices that i started Last January that I've continued is a modified form of praying the hours, which is what monks do in monasteries, a bell rings and they stop for a time of prayer. And essentially what I've done is I've done contemplative breaks. And most days, you know, my, my habits are I wake up and I always do a block of centering prayer with, with my wife. My wife Astrid and I do centering prayer together within probably 15 or 20 minutes of waking up. But what I started doing in 2022 is adding little mini centering prayer breaks like mid morning, early afternoon, I transition from my work towards dinner time with a little contemplative break and then I've tried to do one in the evening. And friends, that pattern of taking multiple times out during the day to sit in silence has been another game changer for me. It's just really interesting what contemplative spirituality, what impact that that has Over time. So I started taking breaks. And if you haven't ever worked on like praying the hours, you know, set a timer for maybe every three hours and just take a one to two minute centering prayer break or a one to two minute break to maybe reflect and read over um, a verse of scripture, but find some way to reground yourself as you live out your day. And, and friends, I'm, I'm just gonna say, if you can consistently do that, you're gonna be really glad that you did. And even more importantly, the people around you are gonna be glad that you did because they're going to experience more of the best of you, even when you know times can sometimes be stressful or challenging. So praying the hours was a big learning for me in 2022. Also, and and this came out in part from trying to integrate that experience from December of 2021, but I also found some additional resources through my ongoing study of Centering Prayer and a lot of the addictions class I've been taking has also emphasized what I would call an embodied spirituality and it's simply this friends you know like when I was younger and uh, if you're new to the podcast I've been a professor for a long time I was you know I was the smart kid growing up and in many ways because that's uh, how I was able to achieve and if you can even say that's how I got the love that I needed was just being the smart guy I learned to live more and more in my head, in my thoughts. It's also part of my introverted nature. But I can say looking back that I lived in my head to the neglect of of my feelings and emotions and even the sensations that we have in our physical bodies. And so over the last year, I've been intentionally trying for lack of a better word to reattach my head to my body and let my heart expand and just learn how to feel the full range of emotions you know in fact just to kind of give a sense i I used to be annoyed uh, when i'd ask somebody something and they would say well i feel and i would think to myself i don't care what you feel i want to know what you think Now, I don't think I ever said that out loud, but I I almost feel like I owe the world an apology for ever even pondering that thought at all or even feeling that way. And so now I'm actually interested more. And and over 2022, I focused on what do I feel? And it's been super interesting. Again, this is slightly embarrassing. I mean, I'm going to be 54 in 2023. And here I am as as an almost 54-year-old man owning up that... um, learning how to feel, I mean, uh, and I think from Brene Brown's work, I heard that most people really just have um, um, uh, three feelings, and it's usually something like um, happiness, um, fear, and I think the third one is maybe, um, it's either love or pain, I can't remember, but we have just a limited array of emotions when, in fact, you need a full vocabulary of emotions. So how have I been doing that? And and this is what's really been interesting. This comes out of my contemplative work and I hope this is helpful. Uh, In January 2022, I attended the Centering Prayer Summit. And uh, by the way, the 2023 Centering Prayer Summit is January 21 and 22. I'll stick a link down in the show notes in case you hear this before that. Uh, You can register for this event. They have great Centering Prayer and Contemplative Teachers. Uh, But one of the teachers I heard in 2023 was Mary Dwyer, or 2022 is Mary Dwyer. Uh, She's going to speak again this year. But Mary Dwyer did a presentation on welcoming prayer, which is a contemplative practice that focuses on bodily sensations and feelings. Feelings uh, and oftentimes focusing on like negative feelings like stress, fear, anxiety. And instead of pushing those feelings away, which I'll just say I've done that most of my life, I've acted in spite of some of the negative feelings that I've had. And I've suppressed all that, but it, it teaches a person to essentially welcome the fullness of experience and offering that back up to God. And they use an acronym to teach this. And I've heard this acronym in different contexts. It's the acronym RAIN, R-A-I-N. And so this is what I've really been doing. And again, you have to be intentional on this. I don't do this every time. But when I notice a discomfort, whether it's in my stomach, or and I have always have a spot here, I've had a spot here, that's gotten profoundly better, which is really cool. I've seen this this healing, this ongoing integration work. my body feels so much better than it used to. Butterflies in the stomach, sometimes we can get a tight chest. Um, people have their little aches and pains that pop up at certain times. Um, you just wanna notice that, so the first, Step when you have a negative emotion or a negative charge. And I've noticed that um, music can bring us back to either good times or bad times that you can feel. Looking at pictures can do this. Um, Traveling to places that have embedded memories can do this. Talking to certain people, you know, we call these things triggers. And that word probably gets a little bit used too much, but there are legitimate triggers that trigger up the old, either big traumas, or we can say little T traumas that we have in our lives. And this gets into what I've called the unholy trinity. You can go check an old podcast on how to heal the unho- and confront the unholy trinity of, of fear, guilt, and shame. All those um, feelings, fear, guilt, and shame, they bring up bodily sensations so with rain here's the process and this is profoundly healing recognize what's happening recognize that feeling in your body um, that emotion a sensation just recognize it and then here's the hard part you know most of us have recognized them but we tend to suppress them and instead of suppressing it accept it and that's where the welcoming comes in uh tara bach uh suggests actually practicing unconditional friendliness to whatever comes up so the, the r and the a recognize so you're not being knocked around by unconscious things that are happening inside of us make the unconscious conscious by recognizing negative emotions thoughts sensations in the body and then accept them because they can be teachers you know when we accept it's more like you know what can i learn here be curious which is what the i is it's investigate you know what's really going on here this feeling that i'm having in this person's presence may have nothing to do with the person in front of me, but they may have reminded me about something in the past that hurt me. And now I'm treating the person in front of me like they were the person in the past. Investigate, be curious. And then the end stands for nurture. It's like, what do you need to let go? What do I need to let go of? How do I need to be a little kinder to myself? What kind of spiritual practices do I need to implement so I can uh, strengthen that part of, of myself? But that's RAIN. So recognize, accept, investigate, and nurture. And what I've noticed from this is I'm more at ease... And this part of this has been from my longtime practice of centering prayer, but I've noticed I've been able to surrender and let go of more and more of the little things that have always bothered me. And, and here's the beautiful thing when you can do that. When you unclog your inner life, when the Parts of your unconscious become conscious. God's grace can come in and heal those things. And even more profound than that, we, you, I, we can show up and give people our focus and our attention. My mentor and long-term colleague, Bob Tuttle, to say the key to life is show up, pay attention, and know that God has way more invested than we do. You know, how do you show up and pay attention? By not denying what our own bodies are saying. Back in 2020, I read a profound book, The Body Keeps the Score. Again, highly recommend it. That got me on this sort of healing journey towards a truly embodied spirituality. Because we're not a soul and a body, we're an embodied soul, and you can't separate those things. So friends, if you've never taken the time to nurture and work on your feelings, your emotions, the pains, the signals that your body has, and integrate that into your theological thinking, may this year be the year. I've also been helped along, again, one of my own commitments to myself is, as long as I have the means, I'm going to always have either a coach or a therapist that I'm going to meet with monthly, whether I think I need it or not. And so for this last season, I've been working with an outstanding therapist. And what I love about Tyler, and I told him, what, he asked me what my goal was, and I told him my, my goal was to attach my head back to my body. And so he always asks me really powerful questions. And one of my favorite ones from last year was, What would it feel like to live like you are enough? Again, back to that core wound, I needed to prove something. So, what would it feel like to live like you are enough? And I'm, as I usually say, I'm like, I have no idea. But sit with questions like that what would it feel like you know what does it feel like to be loved how about this one friends what does the gospel feel like what does the abundant life feel like and so i sat with all those questions for a good chunk of the year and then this fall while i was out for a walk uh i had uh, just a profound sense of what that would actually feel like. And I realized, you know what? I know what abundance feel like, feels like I know what enough feels like. And I came up with three words and I just want to share this cause this is probably, this was like another one of those mini conversions that you have in your life because as soon as I said it, it felt right. It feels safe. I'm safe. And because I'm safe, that means I can live open-handed and surrender even more than I had previously to the God who loves me. It feels enough. Enough. I've, I actually got that in my body. Enough. What's enough feel like? This is all thrown together. And because I'm enough... I don't have anything to prove. I've accepted the fact that I'm unconditionally accepted. I'm enough. There is enough. I do enough. Because that's true, I can do the things that I sense I'm called to do with a little less ego than I did previously. So because I'm safe, I can surrender. Because I'm enough, I can live with a little less ego. And then the last thing, what does enough feel like? What's abundance feel like? What's the gospel feels like? It feels like love. I'm loved. Loved unconditionally. By the God... And Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Spirit, I'm loved. And because I'm loved, we love because He first loved us. I can return that love to God. And then because I'm loved, I can be more loving to others. And because I'm loved, I can love myself. A good friend of 30 years, Mike Voigtz, wrote a book on prayer. And I'm going to put that on my favorite book list from 2022. And Mike's an expert on Bernard of Clairvaux. And Bernard of Clairvaux has these four levels of love. And just in case you haven't heard that before, Clairvaux, Bernard of Clairvaux considers the highest form of love loving yourself for God's sake. Now, that's the complete opposite of loving yourself for your own sake, which is self-centeredness and narcissism. But when you're loved, when you know you're loved, when you're safe enough and loved, you can actually love all of yourself. And then that spirals to even more love for God and even more love for others. So maybe that's the last learning, not just safe enough and loved, but maybe this year, 2022, was the year that I realized the truth that God welcomes all of Brian, all of me, not just the good parts, but the scared parts, the hurt parts, yes, even the sinful parts that continue to need God's grace. What about you? How does that sit with you? All of you is welcome. this year 2023 my word that i want to use is deeper my word for 2022 was surrender and i think i learned a little bit more about surrender and so this year it's deeper and i want to go even deeper in the sense so that i can then soar because all the things that have tied me down all those cords are cut with god's help so I want to go deeper. Where do you want to be at the end of 2023, friends? I hope that some of these reflections have served you. Again, if this episode was helpful, please share it with others. If you have any questions, you can reach me at deepdivespirituality@gmail.com. At you can also check out my website, brianrussellphd.com. If you're interested in uh, coaching, uh, let me say a final word about that as well. And I should have added this as a lesson. I'm actually realizing I forgot to say this, so I'm gonna make a little amendment. Is coaching was great this year. I have the privilege of blessing and serving a a number of pastors and spiritually minded entrepreneurs. And one of the blessings of coaching is just the quality of people that you get to be, be around. You know, I coach what I would call hitters. These are people that if you're on a sports team, these are the these are the people, men and women, that when the game's on the line, they want the ball. Doesn't mean they're perfect, but they're in it. You might say they're in it to win it. Again, this is a spiritual game. They're in it for growth, to grow, see how far they can go in God's love. And I just want to say when you're around high quality people in these coaching relationships. I learn probably maybe even more than they get from me. So it's a really powerful experience. I want to say to all those who are listening, and again, I don't want to name names. Because I don't want to leave anybody out, but super grateful for the privilege of serving all of you. And if I could be of service, I have limited Spaces is available for some new coaching relationships in 2023. You can check out that at Brian Russell, PhD, or you can go directly to the information on coaching by going to deepdivespirituality.com. Again, until next time, live by faith, be known by love, and be a voice of hope to others.